This is a Global Telink prepaid call from Adnan Sayed. An inmate at a Maryland Correctional Facility. This call will be recorded and monitored. If you want to oh. Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 149. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing pretty damn good. This week on the show, we're dedicating the entire episode to going over our top and bottom films of the year. Remember, you can always send us your questions to podcast at FilmPulse.net or leave us a comment on the site. We'd love to hear from you. So, do you want to just jump right into it you want to just jump what are we what are we starting with we could do uh our top 20 and then and then we'll do some honorable mentions oh boy and then we'll probably go over our worst of the year and then we might sprinkle in some of our favorite horror movies docs etc goodness cornucopia films it's a very special episode it's the most specialist very special these these top when we do our year-end wrap-ups and stuff these are always the most downloaded episodes so really yeah thank you for listening people are all about lists i know yeah i mean that's what everybody's doing right now lists (laughs) that's what everyone's doing all the cool kids are making lists well let's just jump right into it so this year in previous years we've always done top tens but there are just too many good movies that came out this year so uh, we decided to expand it to 20 and even with 20, I've been tweaking this list mm-hmm. all the way up until right before this recording. So, mm-hmm. For me, 16 through 20, those oh, yeah. five films, I could interchange those forever. Also, my top five, maybe top four, I could pretty much interchange those as well. Oh, boy. So a lot of these, I mean... At the end of the day, these lists are pretty arbitrary just because there have been a huge number of great movies. Let's just jump into it. Kevin, what was your number 20 film of the year? Number 20. This was a difficult one. It's like I said, it was probably about 30 films that could occupy this spot. But I ended up, as of this morning, going with Startup by David McKenzie. Okay. But mostly because of Jack O'Connell's performance. So this was, uh, I don't think that this one got a lot of recognition this year. This Why? is the prison drama. Why, though? It's so damn good. Don't as forget Ben per- Mendelsohn, too. He was yeah. fantastic in that as ben well. Mendelsohn was pretty good. It's just an all-around, pr- as far as prison dramas go, it's one yeah. of the best. Yep, that's a little bit, just a little bit higher on my list. So Oh, we'll, we'll spoiler. Get to, we'll get to that. I think oh, that there's yeah. going to be a number of those. Yeah, I think, I think so. we're going to have a decent amount of overlap. <laughs> Pretty much the same list. Well, my number 20 certainly wasn't on your list, and that's Wetlands. Ooh, no, because I didn't see that. I uh, This is one that probably won't land on a lot of people's lists, just because I don't think a lot of people saw this one. No, but I, I think you're right. It did get a limited release, a very small release this year. It's just one of those movies that I don't think people want to touch it. I don't think any distributor <laughs> wants to touch this movie because it is probably the grossest movie I've ever seen, okay. but that's not why it landed on my list. It landed on my list just because I think that it is such a fantastic coming-of-age story. All the gross stuff aside, it 
it's just a wonderful, heartfelt story about this this girl growing up and and exploring her sexuality. And I thought it was fantastic. I rewatched it last night just to make sure that it was gonna stay on my list <laughs> because the because the only time I saw it before last night was at Sundance, and I was wondering if it was getting the festival bump. Oh boy. So no, but, it wasn't the festival bump. No, no, it wasn't the still, festival bump. Still held on to it. Yep. Uh-huh. It started last night before I started watching it. It was at number 20, and it remains there. So Wetlands, if you can seek it out and find it somewhere, I'm sure it's going to come out eventually on VOD. Oh, I'm sure. But whenever it does, just look out for it. But oh, huge what's... warning, it is disgusting. All right. Disgusting in what nature? A lot of bodily fluids happening. (laughs) We're dealing with poop. We're dealing with (laughs) period blood. We're dealing with anal fissures. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Bleeding out the butthole. It's always always humorous to hear a grown man say poop, butthole. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a scene where you see a penis ejaculating. Okay. It's very graphic. All right. So check it out. It's a German film, <laughs> Wetlands. Uh, I just like the the chronological order of those sentences. They're fantastic. <laughs> but again, I, I will say, I will reiterate, the reason that it's not on my list is it, it, it's, um, or the reason it's on my list isn't because it's so shocking. It's I genuinely liked the the filmmaking. It looked. It looked like an MTV video, sort of, and the it's based on a book, and I believe that the author was an MTV VJ, and it just has this kind of music video vibe to it. It's got a, an amazing soundtrack, and uh, it, it's just awesome. Check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your number 19? My number 19 is the most final year. Okay. All right. That's uh, a bit, bit higher on my list. Jeez, everything on mine is higher on yours. It's quite a bit higher me? on my list. Are you actually. trying to one up me? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> That's exact. Everything on my list is like, okay, <laughs> Kevin's going to put this at 19, so I'm going to have to put up at least three or four spots. Okay. Uh, goodness. Yeah. Bradford Young. Strength of Bradford Young. Performances. Oscar Isaac is just unbelievable in this movie. Chastain's great too, even though she does disappear like halfway through, which was kind of disappointing. But yeah, you can, you can listen to our more detailed thoughts on last week's show are you trying to shut me up is that what you're trying to do no i'm just jeez just saying i'll let you ramble on about wetlands well it's, it didn't seem anal like fissures. It, it, anal fissures <laughs> didn't seem like you had a lot to say about a most violent year jeez other than bradford young bradford young do you need to say anything else though if you like i would say if you like gangster stories this isn't a gangster story but it kind of feels like one it sure does and being set in New York City in 1981, it's got a so it has a great backdrop to it. Oh man! Oh yeah! What's your 19? My number 19 is Snowpiercer. Whoa, Snowpiercer! Bong Joon Ho's Snowpiercer. Yep. Yeah. So this this has been moving up and down on my list all year since this came out, and it when I was reworking the list, it it fell off, and it was an honorable mention, but it started creeping its way back on 
And I, I think that this is a great uh, English language debut for Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, considering like the last couple from this year and last year, because it seemed like everyone's kind of making their yeah. English language debut. got to say, his is, his is the most solid. Yeah, I, I really like the action sequences in it. I thought that I wasn't expecting the the level of uh, of excitement in the action, and I will say that I, I have read the comic book series, both of the comic book series, and I thought that the movie was actually better. I thought that they did things better than in the comic books, okay. which is you know, usually a pretty yeah. rare thing. Yeah, it's usually not the case. And I like Chris Evans. I'm not a huge like I don't think that everything he does is amazing but I think that this is one of his best roles that he's done okay so Snowpiercer check that out Which, uh, spoiler Snowpiercer did not make my list that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's low on my list but I mean you liked the movie we reviewed I did it. like it did, yeah we, we did review know. it didn't we I don't know if we did or not I know we talked about it I don't know if we did a full review yeah but. I can't remember we talk about too many movies. What's your number 18? My number 18 is one that I haven't seen for quite some time, but it's still holding strong, and that's 12 O'Clock Boys from All Mark right. and Nathan. Yeah, this, this is one... Cinema Verte documentary. Quite enjoyed this one. This one didn't land on my list, I think, just because it's been so long. You know, this movie came out... I mean, we saw it in... Yeah, we saw it, we saw it last... A while ago. Well, like... We saw it at South by Southwest 2013. Yeah, correct. Back in March. <laughs> so, <laughs> Back in March 2013. Yeah. So but that it's, was... it stuck with me, so that should that's saying something right there. March it got a... 2013. I don't even remember when it came 18. out. Yeah, I don't remember either, but it came out on VOD or something like that. Yeah, I know it did come out this year, but I would definitely ch- recommend that one. It didn't make it on my list, but... Definitely check it out. In fact, no documentaries made it on my list this year. No documentaries on your list. Look at yeah. you. Normally, a couple, at least one or two, creep in there, but it was just too, it was just too crowded oh. this year. Okay. But Oscilloscope put out uh, Twelve O'clock Boys, so check that out. I'm kind of surprised Citizen Four didn't make yours. I know it's uh, it's definitely an honorable mention, and I figured <laughs> we'd talk about it with Docs, so. I, th- I like your response. Kind of tells me that you you were worried about that. Well, it was defensive. for a while. It was on my list, but it yeah. just uh, okay. I got had you. To, it got squeezed off. Got whittled out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, my number eighteen is startup. So here we go. Yeah. What's your number seventeen? My number seventeen is the dance of reality. Okay, I haven't so, seen this one. So this yeah, is the this Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky autobiographical film. It's fantastic. If you're a fan of Joe Dawarski, it's a must-see. Well, I'm not, so fuck it. <laughs> oh! All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am. Boy. Whew. I've been meaning to see this. It's just kind of slipped through the cracks for me. I'm sure that I will see it eventually. You should probably watch it instead of that General So documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Which I... You're never going to let me live that one down. <laughs> Just an aside real quick. Did you watch that movie? No, it's. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's out yet. I don't <laughs> All know. right. I probably won't watch it. Because I've been giving you shit? 
No, because I'll be moving when it comes out, and I have a feeling that usually with movies, if I don't see them the day they come out, uh, I have to move on. <laughs> There's a very small window that I can watch movies. You just move on with your life. Yeah. I do, I do the same thing. Uh, so my number 17 is Under the Skin. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yep. Much higher on my list. Yeah, I I did. I mean, I love this movie. I think that it is... Fantastic. I love the the technique used in this movie. I mean, it's like using the hidden cameras and the the fact that they used real people, not actors. I thought that that was all very interesting. I think uh, uh, Jonathan Glazer's visual style in this movie is awesome. The score in this movie is awesome. Score is fantastic. One of the best of the year. And I, I... highly recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen it yet it's a it's an odd movie i I don't think it's necessarily (laughs) the most accessible movie no for for people but that ending yeah and it's a movie that sticks with you it it truly does get under your skin it truly does especially that that baby sequence yes absolutely my goodness all right number 16 number six number 16 is uh Inherent Vice, P.T. Anderson. Nope, a little bit higher on my list. Okay. <laughs> I think I had to throw that after all of them. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's just, this is uh, this is just a fun movie. I just had a lot of fun with this one. Joaquin Phoenix, just watching him react in all the scenes, just his facial expressions and everything. I could just watch that all day. Yeah, I mean, I... I love the atmosphere of this movie. Like I said in our in our review, you can go back a couple weeks and listen to our f- full review of this one too. Uh, I love detective stories. I love noir, and I feel like this perfectly fits that bill. It's it's not like a, a 40s and 50s noir, but it still has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, it has. I, it's like mixed noir with like. A stoner comedy. Right. And I love, <laughs> I just love how he has, it's not just one case he's trying to solve. He has all of these little things going on and people keep coming into his life and leaving his life and he's trying to put the pieces together, but he's never really sure if what, what is happening is real because he's just stoned all the time. So he's yeah. not really <laughs> sure what's going on. <laughs> yes. And then the, you know, the whole, the paranoia from him being high 24 seven. Starts to seep in, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, you never, never really know <laughs> what's going on. I, this movie's fantastic, and it looks you, great. Yes, it does. <clears throat> what do you got? All right, so number sixteen, I have Borgman. Ooh, much higher on my list. Yep. So this movie is another one that's pretty batshit crazy. When you watch it, you're just mm-hmm. kind of. Wondering what the hell's going on here. Uh, in my my top, I came out with my top ten horror movies earlier this week, and I said that Borgman is this year's Dogtooth. I think that it's one of these kind of just weird. Uh, just I can't. I, yeah, you know, there's not there's not much that you can compare it to. I I liken it to Dogtooth because when Dogtooth came out that year. There's just nothing else like it. Yeah, and it was exactly. just this it was Dogtooth, it was just this 
weird ass Greek film that that came out of nowhere, and everybody was just like, "What the fuck is this movie? I love it, but what is going on here? What is happening?" And that's exactly how I felt when I saw Borgman. Uh, like as far as the content, it's a completely different movie, but I just mean the how I felt after watching it. Yeah, my my favorite thing about Borgman is just how it just throws you in. Yeah. It doesn't really explain anything. You don't know what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, the entire runtime, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And this, this made it on my top ten horror movies. And I don't know. I consider it a horror movie. Because I, I think that there's some pretty scary shit that happens in this movie. But I don't know. I think that that could yeah, be up for I, debate. I would consider an incubus in the horror genre. Yeah. So I'll allow it. I know you were waiting for my decision. And I say, uh, yes. Yeah, I was waiting with bated breath. <laughs> you can now publish your list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have for number 15? Number 15, I have Joy Kevin. Joy Kevin, okay. From little Caleb little, uh, little, little indie, indie. Little indie comedy. I, yeah, I'm enamored with this movie. I enjoyed it immensely. Just I, a good, good time. It almost made it to my list just for those chairs. <laughs> Just for the, the scene where it cuts to him in the tall chair <laughs> eating dinner. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, he Caleb Johnson does so much in literally, what, it was like 60 minutes? Like one hour? I don't yeah. even know if it was one hour. I just, I found that to be very impressive. To, to just shift, shift moods towards the end there. And to do it so well. Yeah, it definitely threw me for a loop. When that happened, uh, I didn't expect it at all because I was, I was just so happy with what yeah. was with, with what <laughs> yeah. was going on in the movie up until that point, and then I was like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> like, it just it, yeah, like lulls you into this just where everything's humorous, it's kind of quirky, and then the honeymoon phase wears off and things take a turn, and yeah, it is quite surprising, but I thought it was extremely well done. And again, I mean, it's only an hour. Able to do all this in an hour. People yeah. need to learn. Half the movies we've been watching have been over two hours plus, and they got shit to say. Yeah. Yep. Get tired of it. Yep. Did make it on my list, but still, <clears throat> still highly recommend. Joy Kevin. Jay, I don't um, know if that's still playing. Probably find it on Vimeo or something like that. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Is that is that where we saw it? Yeah, it was, it was free. We, yeah, it was well, it was on no budge, but through Vimeo. So I'm sure it's still on either one of those sites. Yeah, seek that out. And just in case you're missing any of these, I'm going to put both of our full lists in the show notes so you can take a look and you know reference back to all of them. Um, my number 15 is The Guest. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. I, I thought that this was... This is another one that I considered a, to be a horror movie, and it was my number one horror movie of the year. I think that... Again, that could be up for debate depending on how you look at it. But I looked at, at Adam Weingard's influences with this movie, which is heavily influenced by John Carpenter. And I felt like this qualifies. I think that this could qualify as a horror movie, especially at the end. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole end sequence, I think, could definitely be considered a horror movie without giving anything away. Uh, I just loved it. It was so much fun. I mean... It was pretty there, fun. There are very few movies that make it to people's top tens or top whatevers that are just fun. And 
I think we need more of that in movies where they're just not so serious all the time. You know, I movies, hear you. movies I hear can you. just be fun and entertaining and well made. And I think that the guest fits that bill. Dan Stevens is awesome in this movie. Dan Stevens is pretty damn good. He's the perfect super soldier, and I just wanted more of it. You know, there's there's few movies where after the credits begin to roll, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for more. Let's let's, let's do it again. I do. I love when that happens. Yeah. When you're upset that it's over. But it's, it's sad because I just don't. I mean, while I could. They could make a sequel to this. I doubt they ever will. But who knows? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we'll get... And I don't maybe. know what they do with it either. But at any rate, number 15, The Guest. What do you have for number 14? Number 14, I have Coherence. Okay, a little bit higher on my list. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stop saying it from now on. That's, that's the last time I'll do that. No, that's all right. That's all right. But it just it feels like you're shooting me down every time I say it. You're just higher on my list. <laughs> Well, we'll you're talk wrong. about you're wrong. I, I mean, list. if anything, we'll we will hang longer when you say it because then when, when it gets to coherence on my list, we'll just skip right over it because we already talked about it. That's true. That's true. So you're getting the spotlight. I'm jumping on all of them, but yeah, I was completely surprised by coherence, as I think you were too. Yeah, like this was like one of the bigger surprises of the year. Just a complex little sci-fi movie. With improvised dialogue, which really kicks it up a notch. Yes, because I just I still have a hard time believing that. But yes, no <laughs> script. It, for for those that are into really kind of brain twisty sci-fi movies, those of you that love Primer and and movies like that, I would highly recommend Coherence. Yes, because yes. it is a mind fuck in the best sense of the word phrase and we interviewed the director so if you saw it and you like it go back and listen to that because he says some really cool stuff about how they made this movie because like you said it extremely low budget i mean it was shot in his house and they made it for next to nothing no script and it it turned out so good it did i'm also pleased to see this landed on a number of people's lists your end lists oh yeah i know that it's on blake's and i think i saw it on on some other lists people's lists too so it's getting some recognition i'm very glad to see that i like to hear that because i think it's certainly one of the most underrated movies of the year definitely so my number 14 is the grand budapest hotel oh boy directed by mr wes anderson oh that's not on my list I really, I didn't have the time. I really wanted to go back and rewatch this before finalizing my list. Um, And I actually did rewatch a lot of these before finalizing the list. But this one, I just didn't get a chance to to rewatch. It may have made it higher on the list if I did rewatch it. Because with Wes Anderson movies, they tend to get better with rewatches. True. I mean, it's it's funny because... Royal Tenenbaums, for instance, when we when we saw that for the first time in Baltimore, I loved it. It was like my favorite movie ever. And rewatching it, I just like it more and more and more. Correct. Every time I watch it, I and like even it more. even some of his less like the Darjeeling Limited, for instance, when I saw that in the theater, I liked it, but I wasn't in love with it. 
mm-hmm. I've rewatched it two or three times since then. Oh my goodness. And, and now have a deeper appreciation for it. Oof. Oh boy. So Grand Budapest Hotel, great cast, great production. I loved everything about the hotel itself and just the the adventure they go on. You're all about them adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, do it. Ooh, forceful. Number 13, go. Number, jeez. Number 13, I have the double. Okay. You're all the right. doppelganger. All right, all right. We got doppelgangers, and we had coherence, double. Enemy. Enemy. Spoiler, coming up. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I thought there was at least one or two other doppelganger there's so many movies that came out this year. I can't remember all of them because well, there's just so, too many. What was so special about the double? Why did it make it your number thirteen? The style, the style of it. I just mm-hmm. love the look of this movie. Yeah, that was the main thing for very, me. Very, very Gilliam esque, if I remember correctly. A little bit, yeah. Just the the lighting, the perpetual darkness or, of uh, this film, or maybe like even some uh, Jean Pierre. Yeah, a little bit of that. It's got, yeah, it's got a little bit of that. Everything's kind of lit with amber lights. It seems like. Mm-hmm. I just it was it felt like a dream world, which was perfectly suited for the narrative. And Eisenberg gives good uh, dual performance. Yeah, playing opposites. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that that it didn't make it on my list, but I can definitely see why it would make it on anybody's list. It was a great movie. All right, my number 13 is Inherent Vice, pretty much for all the reasons I said earlier. All right. What's your number 12? My number 12, Enemy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, enemy just a, Enemy's just a little bit better. Just a little bit better, mostly because of spiders. Yeah. You have those spiders in there. Did it, Now, did that final scene, did that scare you? Did that make you jump when you saw that? It didn't make me jump. It just made me go, what the fuck? I think, it made, I think it made me jump when I saw that. But it also just put a huge fucking smile on my face. Because I was like, yes, that's how you end a movie. <laughs> I want more of that. I just want more of that ballsy what the fuckness going on. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy movie. And Jake Enjoy Gyllenhaal, that. another Again, great performance. Dual performance, doppelgangers. That's what it's all about. He, he killed it this year. He did. He had a good year. Between that and Nightcrawler. Woo-hoo. Oh, boy. Come on now. Plus the yeah. cinematography in Enemy was fantastic as well. This is one that it's it was on my list and then it, it gradually got pushed off and I re-added it and then it got pushed off again and Man. it's it's just yeah, it didn't it didn't work out, but I did love the movie. I just I, the way that you talk, I just imagine you like in a room with papers strewn about the floor and whiteboards oh my god it's it's such a process kevin <laughs> you don't even know you got like five tvs hooked up playing movies <laughs> pausing shit rewinding it i'm going back i'm listening to our <laughs> reviews uh, i'm just i'm doing so much got like a spider matrix going on oh man it sounds like i toiled over this for hours and hours but i really didn't i just well, don't, threw it don't, together don't, All right, suck, I, I, don't I suck the mystery out of it you're right you're right, you're right. god so my number 12 is land ho Ooh, another fun light-hearted film fun uh, as can be geysers yeah directed by aaron katz and martha stevens just about two guys going on a vacation that's right 
that's pretty much it. Plus, and... you got the ridiculous landscape of Iceland there. Yeah. It looks great. It's got a great soundtrack. It's very funny. I laughed a lot. It's, it's it, still... It, it, doesn't, it doesn't try to get overly serious at the end either, which was another thing that I was concerned about. Yeah. After I spent so much time with these guys, I was like, oh, man, one of them's going to die. <laughs> Something's going <laughs> to happen, and they're going to get serious, and it's going to just break my heart. But they didn't. They didn't do it. It's just a fun movie. That's still, I think, one of my favorite lines of the year is Nelson flipping out about geysers. It's going <laughs> to stay with me for a long time. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yep. It's a great movie. What's your number 11? Talking about fun movies, my number 11 is the Lego movie. All right. It's just fucking fun. I rewatched this just this week, uh, preparing for this list, and I got to say, on a rewatch, it was just as fun. Yeah. Plus, it's just the animation alone. The animation's yeah. incredible. I loved the the end, how it kind of wrapped everything up. I, I thought that that was just... It was touching. It was funny. I I think that the Lego... It's, it sucks because when I look at a movie like this, I could see this being nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. And it just... I know that that would never happen, though. Yeah. I know but you see, but you see a movie like this that there's just so much to it. It's not like just some dumb kids movie. You know, it actually has a message behind it, and when you think about it, it can be actually pretty deep. Yeah, but but also to counter everything is awesome. Yeah. So everything's cool when you're part of a team. I don't know about that. Teams are kind of overrated. Okay. <laughs> I like I like teams. Teams are good. I'm not a big team guy. Not a big team guy. You gotta like interact with people. I know that a comedy is good when I can rewatch it and know the jokes, but they still make me laugh. And that is that is usually a good sign. And that's that's what the Lego Movie did. When I rewatched it this week, I was still laughing at almost all of the jokes. I still thought it was incredibly funny and smart. So. I agree. Another another winner for uh, Lord Miller. Those guys are just they're tearing it they up. They got the Midas touch. They're Anything just... they touch is just Ooh. gold. Uh, my number eleven was A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh, you dick! Yeah, now this was on my top ten for a while. Uh, it just got squeezed off by another movie that I'm about to mention that we already talked about. Uh, so this is directed by Anna Li- Anna Lily. I'm a poor, and I didn't know this. It, so okay. this is an, an Iranian film. It was actually shot in California, which I didn't know. I just found that out. Yes, that is correct. They did a they did a really good job of making it feel um, like it wasn't in this country. Okay, I'm so looking forward to this. This is one of those movies that do you ever have this happen where a film comes out and you kind of you know you see a trailer for it or maybe you see some stills for it. And you just automatically know that you love it. Yep. This is that film. This, I was, like this year, this is yeah. like the same thing that happened with me with uh, Moon. I just knew like, oh, oh yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't need to see it. And now I'm kind of worried to watch it. So I'm like, what if I don't like it? What if I don't like it? You'll like it. I'm scared. It's a, it's a very slow 
plotting movie, but at the same time, it is oozing with style. I mean, every frame of this movie is shot in black and white. Looks amazing. And they say the, th- the big thing with this is it's the first Iranian vampire Western. And it does have that vibe to it. It's about a girl who is a vampire and she kind of uh, roams the streets of this small town and she kind of she kind of is like a like a uh, she kind of plays like a vengeful angel of sorts where she feeds on uh, bad people. Okay. And but it's also a love story because she ends up falling in love with this human guy and it it's just it's wonderful wonderful movie i don't consider it a horror movie so it didn't make it to my top 10 horror list but when this hits vod or whatever formats see it because uh, i think i think you'll like it quite a bit i can't wait it's got some great music in it too i'm so excited black and white Oh. oh yeah, give it to me. I think anything, anything in black and white automatically gets at least a one point bump. One point bump, especially if it's snow, snow in black and white. Oh yeah, oh, goodness, kidding me? I, I like I like movies that take place in the city. Oh yeah, that are done in black and white because I think that urban environments just look so much better in black and white. I don't know why. Correct, I would agree. What's your number ten? My number ten is Borgman. 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 Anything else to add on that one? Uh, nope. Okay. My number 10 is the Lego movie. Oh my goodness, look at that. Yep. I don't have anything else to add. It's wonderful. Go see it. What's your number 9? My number 9 is Birdman. Birdman, okay. Alright. Borgman and Birdman. Borgman and Birdman? I'd like to see those two together. Crossover. Let's make that happen. I loved Birdman so much. Birdman. What's uh, what, what's your nine? Uh, you weren't gonna talk anymore about Birdman. Is Birdman kind of up, coming up on yours? Yeah, but normally we talk about it. Oh, when, okay, when fine. we come back, we just move on. Okay, performances. Keaton. It was great to see Keaton back. Always been a fan of Keaton. I'm I'm hoping that he gets an Oscar nod for that, but I'm hoping. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The score, that drum score. Oh my goodness! I enjoyed the cinematography as well. A lot of. It, the comedy. There's a lot more comedy than I thought there was going to be, to be it's, honest. Kind of surprised yeah. me how funny it was. I thought it was very funny. It's great to see an absurd little small film get so much recognition. And by that, I mean mainstream recognition. Yeah. Like, you know that this is going to be nominated for Best Picture and tons of Oscars. But it is such an atypical Oscar movie, you know? Correct. At least I, I think so. I, I would agree, I think. I I like the cinematography a whole lot in this. I know that you weren't as big on it as everybody else, but I will say that the single take style of it is it never ceases to impress me when they do that. And yes, they disguise cuts, but still it's still, still enough for you. There's still very very long takes even if they do disguise cuts true i mean i still like the cinematography i just wasn't losing my shit about it but i will say doesn't this mean i didn't enjoy it thoroughly. He, there was another thing that, that kind of really pushed this home for me and 
normally I, w I would never admit to this, but we got a... Uh, so during award season, they send out uh, materials like um, books and things like that in order to coax us to vote for their movies. Mm -hmm. And we got one for Birdman. And I was looking through it. And normally these, when I look through these things, it's just like, meh, you know, it's just them patting themselves on the back about whatever. And it's yeah. just filled with pull quotes and stuff. And this book that, that came for Birdman, first of all, it, the way that the book is presented, it looks awesome. Yeah. And I was paging through it and they showed an, a top down view of the set and how it was put together. And they built a, a model of, you know, the backstage and, and this, this theater. And they had like a route that they would they would show like how the actors would go through during the shots and stuff. Yeah. And it was really impressive. It looked like a maze. It was very cool. I mean, they put a lot of work and detail in, into that set as well. I can imagine. All right. Uh, that was your number nine. That was my number nine. Yes. Okay. My number nine is Coherence. Whoa. Yep. Oh, boy. So, yep, see that. What's your number eight? My number eight is The Rover. The Rover? Okay. Didn't make it on my list, but still liked it. Didn't make it on your list. How about that? That's kind of surprising. I know. Yeah. But I love the cinematography, the slowness of the movie, uh, the soundtrack. And it's about a dog. Score, about a dog. Oh, spoiler. Whatever. <laughs> it just, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It's a big fan. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Great performance by him. Channeling some Ryan Holes. <laughs> yeah. So apparently that's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed the Rover. I mean, extremely. think about it. It's just you I don't know him and him's uh, Eddie Redmayne. Apparently that's what you need to do. You just got to channel some Ryan Holes. You're gonna start getting some recognition. Can you imagine if they cast Robert Pattinson instead of Eddie Redmayne in the Hawking role? Oh boy. I think it would have been pretty good, but I mean, Redmayne looked well like Hawkins. I, I, yeah, so I know, you, but you I'm saying bonus, on the for the Ryan factor. Oh yeah, it'd be like watching Ryan. It would, yes, correct. It would have been really weird. Uh, my number eight is Whiplash. Whiplash at eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Controversy. Love this movie. Damien Chazelle, I think, is a, an extremely promising young director. He's only thirty years old. Oh, man. J.K. Simmons knocked it out of the park. And I, th I feel like his performance overshadows Miles Teller. And I think that people need to recognize Miles Teller does a pretty fantastic job in this as well. He does He does do a fine job. Yeah, I think he does get overshadowed a little bit by J.K. Because he, he brings it in this movie, too. And he, one of the things, I don't think we talked about this when we, were, when we did the, the review of Whiplash, but if you... Take notice, um, if you've ever seen Buddy Rich perform, mm -hmm. like, Miles Teller does a really good job of getting, like, the facial expressions and everything. Yeah. He does a fantastic job of that. He looks, like, when he's playing, he looks like Buddy Rich. And I don't know how much of the drumming really is Miles Teller and how much of it is, you know, editing and, and but, movie magic. Yeah, but, but that, right, that right there shows you a little bit. Exactly. You can't tell. Exactly. Like, I don't know. And and I think Damien Chazelle has a knack for doing that in 
I don't know if he had anything to do with it, but he also wrote Grand Piano, the Elijah Wood movie that came out this year, which is also really good. It wasn't quite on my list, but I was a solid thriller. And in that, Elijah Wood has to play the piano. And that looks amazing, too. I mean, it looks like he's really playing. But, hmm. yeah. Either way, Whiplash is, I mean, it's so intense. It It scared me. <laughs> J.K. Simmons was scaring me through the screen the final sequence alone the, the end of the movie is worth seeing this yeah, and that, that final sequence was pretty badass yeah i just thought it was it was great it was just a fantastic movie loved it loved it he number says. seven number Num- seven do number it number seven i have under the skin okay all right jonathan glazer check it what do you got for seven What's i got guardian okay my number seven is guardians of the galaxy Oh my goodness. Yep. Yep. Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. So this was it was lower on my list and I rewatched it this week and I just love this movie so much. It is it is so well made. James Gunn is perfect. He was a perfect choice for this movie because it's weird and quirky and funny. And it's got lots of different gross creatures in it. And it feels like a Marvel movie, but at the same time, it also feels like it could stand on its own as this giant sci-fi opera. I mean, it felt like the next Star Wars to me. Whoa. Holy shit. I mean, I'm not saying that it's as good as... You just dropped it. You threw it out there. I'm not saying it's as good as the original... Star Wars trilogy, but this is better than that's that's what I inferred. So no. <laughs> I'm saying that it's I'm not comparing it to Star Wars, but I'm saying it could stand up right up there next to Star Wars as far as giant sci-fi epics. Okay, all right. That uh, that's number fifty-three on my list. Oh, so you did watch it? I did watch it. I love it. Did watch it. It's just another Marvel movie. I don't agree. They do. It's the same thing all the time. All their movies are the same. And it's just a CGI thing and another CGI thing. And then they fly around a CGI world with CGI explosions. And I just, I just zone out. Well, too, he too used a lot of practical effects in that. He mixed it up. He used as much as he could. But it follows the same formula. They're so formulaic. These Marvel movies. Yeah. I don't but I did. I one. did. I have to say, I was. I was surprised by Bradley Cooper's uh, raccoon voice. Him voicing the raccoon and the what was the other guy's Drax? Was that his name? Yeah. By what is B- Batista? Mm-hmm. Dave Batista. Yeah, he was fantastic. Those two. He was really funny. <laughs> he was really funny. He really surprised me. There was the, the there's that one scene when Chris Pratt was talking to them and he. He asked Drax a question. He goes, I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. I wasn't listening. (laughs) And just that that one little thing. It it made me laugh so much. The way he delivered all of his lines was just fantastic. That was the biggest surprise for me in that movie was how good he was and how funny he was. Exactly. I will agree with that. And I was surprised at how much I liked a talking raccoon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I Rocket. Like, yeah, Rocket's pretty awesome. Fucking ridiculous that that movie makes me be able to say a sentence like that. I really enjoyed the talking raccoon. Yeah, he was a badass. Voiced by Bradley Cooper. 
<laughs> I love how he tells Chris Pratt to get the guy's leg. <laughs> it was just for nothing. Oh boy. Guardians of the Galaxy. I I don't care if it's a big mainstream blockbuster popcorn movie and it's Marvel and they're just they're just big studios and I still loved it. Fair enough. I stand by that. Fair what's, your, what's your number six? My number six is like the complete opposite of Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's uh, National Gallery, <laughs> a three-hour-long three documentary about an art museum. Okay. So I don't know if you can get any further away from Guardians of the Galaxy than National Gallery. I haven't seen this, so I can't. It's fantastic. Get ready for three hours. I probably am three not hour see tour, this. three hour tour of the National Gallery. Nah, sounds right up your alley. Nope. Come on. My number six is a most violent year. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you I loved it. Kidding? That was high. Loved it. Damn. All right, here we go. Top five. We're in the fives. Uh oh. Top five. What here do you have go. for number five? Number five is listen up, Philip. Okay, that's an honorable mention for me. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh, damn. All right. I liked it. It's just, I don't know. Fair enough. I liked a lot of stuff this year, and that one just didn't quite make it. It it was on my top 20 for a long time, and then just... Just got, got bumped off there. Got bumped. Got bumped. Okay. It's All a right. bump. Okay. Fair enough. What's your five? What do you got five? Nothing bad can happen. Oh, my goodness. Look and at I'm that. sure that this is higher on your list. Correct. This are- movie... It's actually like my number four, so we can just discuss okay. it now. It's my number four. So this movie is... I don't even know how to describe this movie. It, it It's another one that it just sticks with you. It sticks with you it sure for days after you see it. Because, it's still with me. Because the title, Nothing Bad Can Happen, is a little misleading. Tiny bit. Very it, bad things happened to this to this kid, uh, Julius Feldmeyer. That's the who, kid, right? Yeah, who, for me, him and Jack O'Connell from Start Up, I think those are the two best performances of the year, male-wise. So if you haven't heard of this movie, we did review it um, many, many weeks ago. It's basically about a, a kid who is he's a Jesus freak. He's that's actually he, a that's member calls of, himself. The, yeah. of the Jesus freak. That's what he calls himself. And he gets taken in by this family, and it turns out that the the uh, the, the patriarch of the family is uh, not not the nicest guy, and no, not really. He kind of puts him through the ringer a little bit. Lays now, down some, a gauntlet. I've I've seen some top ten horror movie lists floating around this year that have this on it. Yes, I would. Yeah. So. And I didn't, I didn't put it. I don't know if I put it on mine or not. I don't think I did, but I did mention it. This can easily be considered a horror movie because there are some truly there's, horrific things that happen in this. There's some nasty stuff, just nasty. But and I, I mean, this is a debut too. Yeah, Catherine Gibba, man, future's bright. And Julius Feldmeyer, who we talked about, this is his first role in a feature length. So those two kind of set the bar pretty high. Yes, absolutely. For this, themselves. This is absolutely one to check out. Draft House Films put it out here in the States. Uh, it, I'm guessing it's available that you can stream it. Now, I don't know, actually. 
More than likely, because I think Draft House stuff is now on like Amazon. You can find all their stuff. So I'm pretty yeah. sure it's probably on. If, there. if you haven't seen it yet, seek it out. It's called Nothing Bad Can Happen. Yes. Uh, so my number four is Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Yep. Oh my God! Everything was fine and dandy, and then we get into top five, and you just start blowing shit up. Yeah. You're all over the place. So this is directed by Jeremy Saulnier. <clears throat> Macon Blair. It's a pretty it's a pretty standard revenge story, but the way it's presented is they, they flip it a little bit. It's so this movie is so brutal and real and visceral to me. I I, I love the look. Um oh, yeah. It I love the performances and there's the interesting thing about it is this is a regular guy. He's not some super soldier that's hell-bent yeah. on revenge. You know, it's not Uma Thurman and Kill Bill or anything. Yes, that's what I liked about this movie the most, is that he is just, he is an amateur, and it shows. His plan for revenge is not, not maybe not the most well-thought-out no. plan. Nope. Not and there's the, the scene where he, they show him, he gets injured, and there, there's a scene where he's gearing up to to fix this injury himself, and he just can't do it. That's, that <laughs> and, was my favorite scene because it plays out so realistically. Because you're just watching it, and the build up to it, you're just thinking, "Well, you can't do that. Like this is this is an elaborate process to fix the wound that you have. You can't just do yeah. what you're gonna do." And then it plays out that way, and you're like, "Yeah, see, that's what I was trying to tell you." <laughs> Why can't you hear me through the TV? Yeah, this and the all of the. See, th- this is a kickstarted movie, and every everybody involved basically did this for nothing. So this is truly a passion project, and it it's interesting. I, I, this is also so high up on my list because it's a, a testament to what you can do if you if you put your mind to it when it comes to making a movie. Uh, the budget was next to nothing on this movie and it looks fantastic yeah and it's a simple story but they make it work yeah and all of the the makeup effects and stuff as far as the the blood and, oh, and yeah. the the wounds and all that looks so real without a doubt that so, was that was the highlight for me for i love this movie blue ruin please check it out check all it. right what's your number three kevin my number three is mood indigo all right. Michelle Gondry. So back-to-back uh, draft houses here. Yeah. So much whimsy. A lot of... A lot of Copious amounts of whimsy. A lot of quirk. A lot of quirk. So much quirk. And then it turns dark. Yes. Very dark and depressing yes. and sad. Black and white. And I just love the ingenuity of Gondry and his imagination and the shit that he does. Love it. Yeah. I like this movie. Again, didn't make it my list, but I did like it quite a bit. I like how all of our movies were pretty much, you know, I had it, you had it on your list. We get into the top five. Yeah. And there's, there's no there's overlap. No, yeah. What's going on? I, I think we're going to get at least one overlap here. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to. Uh, so my number three is Birdman. Birdman. I just, I loved it so much. I loved it so much. <laughs> all right. What's your number two? My number two is The Raid 2. That's my number two as well. Oh my god, that's the first time that we actually had it link up. Yep. That was the first link up. 
We were one off on Lego Movie. We were, but this is the first link up. Calls for celebration. Great two. Oh, Gareth Evans goodness. just he he knows how to make an action movie. We'll put he, it that way. He sure does. And this is the probably the number one movie for me that when it ended, I was upset. Yeah. I was pissed off that the movie was over because I didn't want it to end. For Why people you- for people that like martial arts action movies, this is the martial arts action movie. It is epic. If you mm-hmm. like the first raid, this amps everything up thrice fold. Thrice fold? Yes. You are correct. The car chase. Oh my they god. They fight in a goddamn car. That car chase. car chase. That car chase. Amazing. That, that mud fight. The mud fight. The kitchen fight that Everything. lasts for like 45 minutes. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This movie is just... Action fans, if you haven't seen The Raid 2 yet, dear God, just what are you stop doing? what you're doing and go see this movie. It is... I think that one quibble that that people may have with it it is a bit long it's two and a half hours long it is it's pretty epic i'm completely fine with it i'm completely fine with it too because one thing that the raid the first raid didn't really have was much of a story and this kind of proves that gareth evans has the ability to make an interesting story yeah it might not be the best but it's sufficient because really, let's be honest, we're here for the fight scenes. Right. I mean, that's what and makes this movie amazing. fucking delivers. Yeah, absolutely. The Raid 2, just, I can't speak highly enough about this movie. It, it got a 10 out of 10 for me the moment I saw it, and I, I'm not Same changing here. that score. Same here. It's just like a giddy little child. So, here we go. This is this is it. This is for all the cabbage. What is num- your number one movie, Kevin? My number one movie snuck in at the end at the end of the year, and that is the tale of the Princess Kaguya. Okay, I haven't seen this yet, so. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I figured you would love that that animation oh, style. Oh that... Jesus Christ! It's so unbelievable. It's like a just love it. Is it watercolor? Oh, it's so much watercolor, and then there's a there's a moment, um, maybe about a quarter of the way through, maybe a third of the way through. Where it kind of breaks, breaks off, and she just sort of like runs away from her life, and it breaks into charcoals, mm. which looks even better than the watercolors, and it's just it's unbelievable. The the artwork in this movie alone, and the story is just so imaginative. I just loved everything about it. This is one of those films. It looks so damn good that all of the characters in the movie could have like their dialogue could have just been like Kevin Rakestraw's a piece of shit. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I still would have given it a 10 out of 10. I would have been like, damn, you guys look so good, though. Yeah, I've, I just have, didn't get around to watching this. I promise that I will watch it very soon, but... It's fantastic. Yeah. Like when, while, pretty... while you're watching it, you're just... You're going to know immediately how this landed at number one. Probably. I mean, I, mean, I probably could have guessed that just from the trailer. Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And that's probably going to be one of the last Studio Ghibli movies. I think they have one more... That's so sad. That, that doesn't have a U.S. release date, but I think that that's it. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. All right. My number one. You Your can probably one. guess it. Boyhood. Whoa. Richard Linkletter's Boyhood. Number Whoa. one for me. Uh, I just, 
I fell in love with this movie as soon as it started. I thought it was amazing how it was put together. And I don't care if you call it a gimmick or what. I think it's an amazing achievement in cinema. And I I love the story. And I love the performances. I thought Ethan Hawke was great. No matter what you say, I thought Patricia Arquette was was great. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think she deserve. I don't think she should be nominated for an Oscar or anything. But I thought she was great in it. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're gonna have to agree to disagree. Yeah, we will. We fucking will. Because Boyhood like to- was great. Oh, would you like to know where that landed on my list, number wise? Go ahead. <laughs> I got it at sixty four. Okay. So there you go. Well, if I get around to watching any of. Uh, any of yours, like National Gallery, I can well, probably tell you yeah. where that's going to land on my I, list. Now you're just doing it out of spite. <laughs> yes, I am. Jeez. We're doing a little tit for tat. Oh, boy. <laughs> doing a little tit for tat. Things are getting unprofessional around here. It's getting so, personal instead. There you have it. Those are our top 20. I think that's a pretty good list. I mean, there's a lot that you had on your list that I could easily put on my list. Yeah, and vice versa. It was just a great year for movies. I don't think it was a great year for studio films necessarily. Oh, fuck studio films. <laughs> but go to hell. Uh, which is funny because everybody's talking about you know cinema and how it's going down the tubes and all of this stuff. And it's look at these lists. I mean, these are fantastic movies. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that movies are on their way out. This this year was way better than last year. And another thing, and last year wasn't bad, but and I gotta say that I'm really excited for American Indies. Oh, they yeah. are starting to, cool oh boy, is starting to get exciting. Yeah, as you'll see in my honorable mentions. So there are a couple movies I wanted to mention. You already mentioned the the Tale of Princess Kaguya, which I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see Selma, which could yeah. have made it. That probably would have made it on my list somewhere. Right. I didn't see Big Eyes, the Tim Burton movie. I don't know if that would have made it on my list or not, but I heard good things. Um, I'm trying to think of some other... For me, th- maybe for biggies that, uh, Godard's Goodbye to Language. I didn't get to see that. That probably would have made it on your list, probably in the top five, Adam. My, my guess is probably top five or even top three. <laughs> Snuggled in there between Boyhood and The Raid mm-hmm. 2, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's more that we didn't get to see they could have landed on our list easily yeah yeah all right let's let's go over honorable mentions uh kevin just you can just read off your honorable mentions and then we'll talk about it briefly and then i'll okay i i kind of went with a theme so my honorable mentions i kind of alluded to it there a little bit ago is american indies so i have see you next tuesday which is the debut from drew tobia which i enjoyed thoroughly uh, the Heart Machine, also a debut from Zachary Wigan. Summer of Blood from owner Tuchel. Tuchel. Which is just, that movie's just fucking fun. I mentioned that in my uh, top ten hard list. That, that so. movie's just, <laughs> that's a good one. Seek that one out. Seek all these out, actually. Yeah. Uh, one Another one that we saw a long time ago, which is The Retrieval from Chris Eska. Mm. Which this is actually play instant. Yeah, Netflix. I saw that, yeah. So you can check that out. And then my uh, fifth one is Blue Ruin, which just didn't make it. Mm. But obviously, 
the five that I did have for the bottom five of my top 20, you could easily swap them out for these five. All right, so here my I, I didn't pick a theme okay. for mine. I'm not that cool. Well, I mean, you said it. <laughs> you said it, not me. Uh, my honorable mentions. Listen up, Philip. We are the best. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we are the best. The the thing about that one, I was I kept switching it in and out with Land Ho. Yeah. Because they're they're both feel they're just, good movies. They're just fun. Very light, fun movies. I kept switching them out. Ultimately, I decided to go with Land Ho, but We're the Best is is great. Was it because of geysers? It's probably because of geysers. A little bit, a little bit. Look, of the geysers. I'm sure it was. The Babadook. Ooh yeah. yeah. Great. That's another uh, debut. Jennifer Kent. So many good debuts too. Yeah. Goodness. Edge of Tomorrow. A little bit of a controversial choice for you, I'm sure, but I did. I didn't get to see this yet. I'm actually, I'm gonna be seeking this one out because that's all I'm hearing. It's all I'm hearing. This is this is landing on a number of top tens. That's yeah. A lot, pretty much everyone is saying that this is a very solid movie. It's it was. I think the reason that it made it to my honorable mentions is just because it was such a surprise. I didn't expect it to be good. I didn't even want to go see this. I had to be coaxed into seeing it and. When I sat down, I was like, you know. Fucking let's get through like, this. Right, so, right. so, so I can get through with my day. And I, I enjoyed it so much. I mean, you get to, you see Tom Cruise dying over and over and over. <laughs> and it, there's just <laughs> something so fun about that. So it's the perfect movie for Ryan. Yeah, exactly. All right. Edge of Tomorrow, check that out. Uh, Force Majeure almost, almost got in there, but Ooh. just not quite. Not quite. Okay. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, another Marvel movie that I thought was fantastic. It I didn't get to see that one. It doesn't play out how you would expect. You think that it's going to be well, according to you, it's probably just going to be another typical Marvel. I was going to say, is it because there's a guy that wants to do a bunch of terrible things, and the guy has to stop him, and then he does. It plays out more like a political thriller than it does a standard action movie. And okay, I right. thought it was way not way better but i thought it was significantly better than the first one and i had a blast with it it was i thought it was great and uh the my last honorable mention is obvious child the jenny slate comedy okay all right another very very fun low budget american indie oh yeah all about them all right let's we we heard the best let's go over let's go over some of the less desirable films that we saw this this year i have a huge list so kevin you can just kind of start it off okay all i got is five i got five going on here so the first one is the angriest man in brooklyn which is just a terrible attempt at a film and just honestly it's it's kind of it's just sad it's sad watching it yeah because there's good people in it and it's just so terrible the pacing is awful it's not funny it's just a rough watch, and you just feel bad for everyone involved. Uh, kind of the same thing, which this squeaked in. Tammy. Oh, I Tammy. saw this one. I saw Tammy last night, and yeah, same thing. It's just... <laughs> it almost it seems is, like you you watched Tammy so you could pad your worst of list. I, I, hey, I went into it with an open mind, and I thought, you know, it's going to be stupid, but hopefully it just makes me laugh, you know? I just, I'm just looking for a good time. That's all I'm asking for. It's not funny. 
the the pacing is just absolutely terrible. Everyone is floundering in this movie. It's just it's extremely rough to watch. It's just it's terrible. So many of these scenes in Tammy are you know when you've ever had a like a really strained conversation with a person that you don't really know or haven't seen in years mm-hmm. and you kind of get sucked into talking to them even though you don't want to? Yes. And then you don't know how to get away? Yes. That's like every scene in Tammy plays Ugh. out that way. And it's just, it's rough to watch. And you just feel bad for everyone. There's like no chemistry between anyone. It's just, oh, it's a mess. Uh, the Town That Dreaded Sundown remake or reboot, whatever the I hell didn't you I didn't think it was really that bad, really. I did, I did. I did not like that one. Uh, the two that I thought were the worst, Willow Creek from Bobcat. I just, I don't know why it exists. Yeah, that was it's a disappointment. Just, it's just one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then even worse than that is VHS Viral, which I don't even know what the fuck they're doing anymore with this thing. It's that's, just I'm so confused. Yeah, that's on my that's on my worst of list it's just, as well. It's so terrible. I think that that was on that's on Ernie's bottom bottom uh, five horror movies. We didn't publish that up yet, but that'll probably be up on the site at some point. But yeah, he he hated that too. I, I don't think a lot of people liked that one. It's just oh, huge no. disappointment. Uh, good good filmmakers involved, but which makes it ugh. it makes it harder. Yeah, but it's the fact that they just broke it. Like they don't even do the whole VHS thing. Right. And yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. To why does this keep going? Stop yep. it. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. My bottom. I don't know if this is ten or not. I didn't count them. I think it's ten. Uh, Always Woodstock, which is this oh yeah <laughs> terrible yeah romantic comedy about a girl going to leaving the big city and going to Woodstock and oh, it is typical on every level. It's not funny. It's just awful. Kid Cannabis, which is a true story. It's another comedy about this sort of like blow. Uh, about a kid who he's an 18 year old and he becomes this prolific drug smuggler. He smuggles weed in through Canada. Yeah. It's terrible. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. A lot of these movies, movies like kid cannabis are, they're just all about objectifying women. And maybe it's that I'm getting older and more sensitive to that type of thing. But when I was watching kid cannabis, I was like, man, this is, this is so distasteful towards yeah. women. It was it was just awful. Uh, VHS viral, like you said, hated it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, way what? to way to ruin my childhood, assholes. Well, it's kind of your fault. Well, you knew it was going to ruin your childhood. Come on. I think I might you have reviewed gonna, that, and that's why I had to see it. But I don't know. Sabotage, the David Ayer movie. This this Ooh. is one of my most hated movies of the year. Not not because it's uh, what well, it is a bad movie, but not just because <laughs> it's a bad movie, but because it's just such a dirty. It's a feel bad movie. Yeah. Everything about it is just dirty and awful and grimy, and it shouldn't exist. I hated this movie on so many levels. Okay, and I don't necessarily dislike David Ayer. I liked End of Watch, and I liked Fury. Another movie he came out with this year. Mm. I thought Fury was fine, but this was just deplorable. It was, ugh. Do not see Sabotage. And I talked to several people 
my buddy Adam loves action movies. He's obsessed with action movies, and he saw this, and he hated it too. So, Oh, boy. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, plastic, like Kid Cannabis, very much like Kid Cannabis. It's about a group of college kids who have this credit card stealing business. It's awful. Oh, yeah. I remember you. Uh... No, it's based on a, a true story. It's uh, The guy from We're the Millers is in it. Oh, fantastic. The one, the kid. Yeah. Uh, he was in Son of Rambo, too, when he oh. was a lot younger. Gotcha. I mean, he's fine. That's not why I hated the movie. I hated the movie because it's just a piece of shit. But <laughs> uh, The Scribbler, based on a comic book, mm. did not like it at all. It felt like it should have come out in the 90s. It felt like a poor man's version of The Crow, in a way. jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that not was, good. That was awful. Uh, it did have some interesting people in it, but the the movie itself, I was just too uh, was too scattershot. Bad Johnson. Oh my god! Yeah. Why the the name? I mean, the name Why? speaks for itself. It's about a guy who his you penis only, comes to life and leaves only, his body. <laughs> you only have yourself to blame. I reviewed that. I think. Why? Is I don't my know. Question. Because we try to review as much as we can on the site. Did we really have were people clamoring for an in-depth review of Bad Johnson? Maybe. I doubt it. Maybe. I hope, I hope not. I, I can look not. up the stats for you. I'll give you the stats off the uh, air. I don't know if I want the stats. Uh, Don Peyote. This oh, is yeah. uh, directed by Dan Fogler. I was interested in this. I was generally interested in seeing this, and it was a big disappointment. Mm. It's kind of a drug trip movie. Yeah. But Which it... You- I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's just batshit crazy. Tons of just surreal imagery. And n- but, none, but none of it works? No, none of it really. It just doesn't coalesce for me. I, I didn't find it particularly funny, and I just wasn't interested in it. A lot of times with drug trip movies, I have a hard time with those uh, because yeah, they're... you never know where they're going, and, and a lot of times it's it's... Like, why are we seeing this? What's the point of this? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt through this. And I know Todd reviewed this one for the site and gave it a one, so he hated it. Uh, and finally, The Expendables 3 did not enjoy this one at all. Uh-huh. I, think, I think it was stupid to make it PG-13. <laughs> I think everything about this movie was... It, it felt too safe. And I liked that they brought in Wesley Snipes and I like that he was joking about how he was in prison in yeah. it. But really the only part that I enjoyed was Antonio Banderas's character. I thought he was really funny and brought some life to it. I hated all of the new expendables because I felt like they essentially negated everything that made the expendables, the expendables. Yeah. You know, why, why don't I want to see these new people? I don't even know who these people are. And it was just a huge, Huge disappointment, because I did like the first two, genuinely. Um, now, those those movies are not our worst-reviewed movies of the oh. year. I actually wrote eight of the worst-reviewed movies. It's because I've been telling you, you watch a lot of shit. I do. I mean, you I, watch I, a lot I, of shit. I fully admit it. I hope that this year I can uh, push some of that shit off to some of the other writers. So I don't have to watch <laughs> as much shit. So if they're listening, best of luck next year, guys. 
I mean, you, but you never know. Like, yeah, there's some, always sometimes you, there, sometimes there's always surprises. Sometimes though, kind of do though. And what's shit for me might not be shit for someone else. So True. I just I try to we we try to cover as much as we can on the site, and if it's especially if it's a low budget you know, indie horror movie and somebody emails us and says, Hey, can you review this? I'm not going to be like, no, doesn't look good. You know, oh, I, hear you. I try to give, I try to give every movie you're, a you're fair e- shake. Yeah. You're equal opportunity. Yes. That's what I try. That's what he goes for. All right. Uh, let's go over some, what, what are some of your best? Uh, let's just talk about some other genres like documentaries. Now, documentaries, so I said that none of none of my top twenty are documentaries, but there were a number of great documentaries that came out this year. Uh, Citizen Four is the highlight mm-hmm. for me. Correct. Number two would probably, and I'm just winging this. I don't actually have a list, at least not yet. Uh, number two, I would say, is probably Jodorowsky's Dune. Okay. What about uh, Life Itself? Life Itself, yeah, that'd probably be up, be there. up there. How about like, uh, the dog? What draft house films? The dog. Oh, the dog. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was, that was a- uh, that's a fun documentary, but you don't get a lot of just fun, entertaining documentaries. Yeah. One other one that I have that you you haven't seen is Actress from Robert Green. Oh yeah, is, uh, well, I saw trailers for that. I'm I wasn't a huge fan of this documentary, but I will say that you should check it out because it is rather interesting the way that they kind of follow. Uh, Brandy Burr, who used to have a recurring role on The Wire, and then she signed up, put that on the back burner to have a family and two mm-hmm. kids and being a stay-at-home mom. And then she's trying to get back into it. But the interesting thing is, is Robert Green sort of mixes in like staged, like highly staged, highly stylized melodrama into the documentary of following her around. And not all of it works. It actually comes out a little odd because it ends up she's going through a divorce while this is happening but it is interesting you haven't seen something quite like this hmm. i can say that so um, i wasn't completely on board with it but it's definitely interesting i can't think of many other docs that i saw that really stick out uh no i can't no uh who's Dayani crystal from gil gil oh, garcia yeah. bernal and i forget who the director was of that and that was kind of interesting the only thing that kind of pulled it back for me was his incessant need to inject himself into it. Mark Silver. That's pretty good. There are a number of docs that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Like The Case Against Eight. Um, basically, on the Oscars shortlist, I've only seen three or four of those. I th- so, yeah. I think we do have to point. It seems like every year we're really behind on the docs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Kill Team. I mean to see that one. That's That one got a lot of buzz when it came out. What about the uh, General So documentary? <laughs> See that yet? Mm, no, Kevin. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. One, little, one good little, if, if you're into street art, uh, this remi- the Banksy thing reminded me of this. Uh, there's a, one called Art as a Weapon, and it's directed by Jeff Durkin, and it's about street art in, in Burma. Okay. And... I would recommend checking that one out if you're into graffiti and street art. Very okay. good. I think it's on Vimeo, I want to say. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it 
for docs. Uh, now I know you're not a big horror movie not, guy, so I'm I don't. Not a big, I'm not a big horror movie guy. I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'm well, you've seen. It. I'm, I've seen I'm, a good bit this yeah, year. This year, you saw a number of horror movies. I'm kind of, kind of surprised actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, this year was it was an interesting year for horror. I would say I'll just quickly go through my list. So I have Oculus, Starry Eyes, Honeymoon, and you saw a lot of these actually. I was actually really surprised with Oculus. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Oh, you saw that? I yes. Didn't know you saw yes, that. I saw that last week. That wow, was good. Cramming in a lot of movies I'm, here. I'm watching so many movies, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, Dead Snow Two. Yes. Uh, Cheap Thrills. Housebound, Under the Skin, The Babadook, Borgman, and The Guest. Those that was my top ten horror movies. So seek those out. And you had Honeymoon on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did. I think it, you pretty much had everything that I've seen. Uh, there was, I, I had a, a hard time with that list because there were some movies that I had on there that actually didn't come out yet, like Cub. Yeah, and I had uh, what we do in the shadows on there, and then I really realized that they didn't actually come out yet, so I had to yes. take them off and replace them with some other things. I did have the ABCs of Death two on there, oh, and then I and then I ultimately pulled that off and put Honeymoon on. Good choice, good choice. I mean, the ABCs of Death two is good. It's yeah, it more yeah. there's more good than bad in that movie as far as the shorts go. Okay, um, any other highlights from the year what, what do you what do you think about the year overall i i gotta say it's a pretty good year i mean there wasn't like you said for studios which i don't really care about studios to begin with i mean a lot of what they put out was extremely it didn't even interest me to be honest um but overall i thought it was a solid year there's a lot of good stuff year. out there yeah yeah. And like I we I kind of talked about before, there's a lot of really solid debuts that really get me excited for you know the next five ten years of seeing what these people do next. I think there's a lot of debuts in, at this year's Sundance too. So uh, yeah, it's I think just going to be and by 2015 is what I mean, not 2014. I like it. It's getting yeah. exciting, man. And overall, good year. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that will wrap it up for the year. Oh my goodness, we're done. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh. I think that'll wrap it up for the year. I want to thank you, Kevin, for sticking this out for another fifty-two weeks. No problem. And I want to thank all of the listeners for tuning in every week. Uh, we certainly couldn't do this without your support. And I've I've had a blast running the site and doing the podcast every week this year. I mean, it's been Fantastic. If Ryan was on here, I would thank him too. I don't know about him. I don't know. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, and I think that that will do it. Send us your questions. Podcastfilmpulse.net is the address. We'll be sure to answer them on the show. Follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. And be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson, and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches the Movie. Although, actually, we may, may not see you because I'm moving and I don't know if we can squeeze in another episode of his. Of his. So, you may not see us on Thursday. You don't know. We're, we're keeping it very mysterious. <laughs> I'll take over a jail. Yeah.
get up, see your hell. The burning on that sofa, goddamn, I love the smell. Like it's a pillow torching. Where the fuck the warden? And when you find them, we don't kill them, we just waterboard them. We killing them for freedom, cause they tortured us for.